Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. First episode from Manchesterford, everybody. Mm. I'm going to fucking start talking like that. <laughs> I mean, I probably won't, to be fair, because actually that does take quite a lot of effort. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Episode 15, here we go. Tone after the tone after the tone Leave your message after the tone <laughs> Lovely, lovely round of applause. I'm in a gorgeous mood. This is going to be a good one. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of This, That, There podcast. Episode 15! Everybody, who would have thought it? What commitment we've all demonstrated over the last few months. I wish the same could be said for some of my exes. (laughs) Actual lol. Um, You know the drill by now. It's just me and my mate Debbie or producer Deb to you. And you lot calling up, having a conversation, a bit of a chat, getting stuff off your chest. And through me, having conversations with each other. It's very modern and it's a lovely thing. Um, Speaking of which, I've met a few of you in real life over the past few weeks, which has been nice. Because you've all come up to me and said lovely things. Which is the only reason why you're allowed to approach me, if you've got lovely things to say. (laughs) If you've got complaints, you can take those to HR. Um, So that's lovely. So thanks for that. There's also been a lot of lovely DMs from people sharing some of the deep stuff that we've spoken about on the podcast. And of course, I am not going to discuss that here, but I just wanted to mark that and say that what a lovely bunch of knobheads you all are, okay? Anyway, that's enough praise because I think it will all go to your heads. And well, who knows? I think you could all turn into JRF. And I tell you what, having one of them is enough. (laughs) In the words of JRF, any road. As I said, I've just moved to Manchester and that's in the northwest of England for our international listeners. Oh, I tell you what, it's lovely. 
Um, if you've never been, you should treat yourself. Everyone's like, oh, but isn't it a bit more rainy? Yeah, it's a bit more rainy, but I tell you what, everyone talks to you. So, you know, people are nice. So that makes a change, doesn't it? Take from that what you will, people who are listening in the south of England. But I'm facing this very real <laughs> reality of making friends. <laughs> and making friends as a supposed adult. How do you make friends as an adult? is my question for the room. Because it's not like, you know, like when you're a kid, you can just go play out on the scaffolding. I mean, that's what we did anyway for joy and laughter. But, like, how do you make friends as an adult, as a tall person? Well, you don't have to be tall to be an adult. How do you do that during a fucking pandemic? (laughs) It's not like I can go on the sexy apps and be like, anybody want to be my friend? Because, do you know what? That's the quickest way not to get a friend. I know that much. So, I thought I'd ask you lot, how did you or do you find your people? And have you ever up sticks and left and, you know, set up shop elsewhere? What did you do? What did you do to find your people? I tell you what, get us on the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 0788 Right, apparently, according to producer Deb, we've got loads of calls this week, so I better get on with it, really. Otherwise, I mean, it will just be 40 minutes of me talking to you, and you know how much I hate the sound of my own voice. (laughs) Let's do it. Hiya, Scotty. I am in bed, and I was just cracking up at the last episode of everyone's shit celeb stories. And it made me think of something my sister told me probably about 15 years ago. Anyway, she used to work at High Street Bank and Sarah Platt, well, the actress who plays Sarah Platt from Corrie, came in and uh, basically was doing some banking shit. And my sister (laughs) had to ask her to sign something. And she thought that she meant an autograph and that she was, like, being admired in the bank. <laughs> and she was like, How do, who do I make it out to? What would you like me to sign? She was like, no, love, I need your signature. This is a bank. Anyway, there's a shit story for you. Um, I want to send my solidarity to the carer because I am also a carer for my mum and it's fucking hard. So love, love to the carer. And JRF, because why the fuck not? Anyway, good night, God bless. In a bit. <laughs> now, full disclaimer, I'm not laughing at you being a carer. <laughs> I'm laughing at somebody of note thinking it was going to be an autograph. Isn't that fantastic? Poor Sarah Platt. Now, if you are from overseas. This is a very current call because Coronation Street is probably one of the biggest, best soaps that's been running for about 160 years in England. And it's based, well, it's filmed in Manchester, but I think it's based in sort of a fictional bit just outside of Manchester. 
<laughs> so this this soap star has got delusions of grandeur, bless them. But I really loved your non-disclosure there, being like, well, it was a high street bank. Don't want to say what. Because <laughs> you know what? You know me, I love the detail. I don't want the genre. I want the specific. So I'm going to ruminate and say, oh, well... I reckon in this time, it's probably Lloyd's TSB. HSBC, I think, would be a bit too... It wasn't modern then, was it? It was called the Midland Bank, I think. Anyway, by the by, but if you've got any speculations on which soap stars use which banks, please do call in, because I think it will make some gripping content. (laughs) Anyway, yes, I love that solidarity that we all show the carer. What a beautiful person. And um, that JRF, just because. But hello... Hello? Me? Was there any reference to me in that message? Um, Official complaints procedure is going to start. Hiya, Scotty. Just listening to your last week's podcast, all the celebrity stories. And I have a bit of a weird one. I used to work for a hospitality company doing sort of events, serving food, canapes, drinks, all that sort of stuff anything from sort of stuffy business events and Christmas parties, lots of elaborate Christmas parties, people with too much money. Anyway, I had a New Year's Eve one, but I didn't live in London at the time. And this was in like Hemel Hempstead, I think. I had no idea what this was. And um, so I got there, I didn't really know I was going, Google Maps it. And obviously that's not always the most reliable. I was winding through this residential area. It's like, this is leading me to someone's house. I'm going to end up in someone's back garden and <laughs> get arrested. I was like, have I been set up? And I kind of wander in and I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to call the police on me for like trespassing in their garden or whatever. So I'm kind of like looking around really confused. And then from behind me, I hear this like soft spoken voice. Oh, are you OK? Are you here for the, um, do you know where you're going? And I turned around and it was Sam Smith. It was Sam Smith's New Year's Eve party for just, like, close friends and family. I had to, like, kind of be like, um, yeah, yeah, I'm here for the, yeah, I'm doing the, the, um, I don't know how I kept it straight, but, oh, I mean, I had minimal interactions with him, but he was just as lovely as you can imagine, and the house was obviously amazing. But I was just absolutely starstruck. So yeah, that's my celeb moment. And uh, I will never forget it. Look at that. Wasn't that a good celeb story? Because uh, in my head I was thinking, who is it going to be? Soft spoken. I originally thought it might be Jonathan Ross, who's a comedian presenter. And then I thought, well, probably wouldn't be soft spoken. Um, so Sam Smith there. Gorgeous little New Year's Eve party. Now... This has helped me open up a wider conversation that I want to have with you, the After the Tone group of people. Just because I'm really aware that none of us have met each other in real life and, you know, like, we can also hear somebody's voice and make some assumptions around gender. Now, for me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I always refer to people with neutrality because I don't know the pronouns, I don't know the gender presentation, I don't know where they're at. So a disclaimer that I'd like to put in the room is that Sam Smith, I believe, identifies with they, them pronouns as a non-binary person. So if that's new information for you, hello, welcome to the room. A pronoun is essentially when you ask somebody how they like to be referred. Now, there are lots of them. The most common ones are she, her, hers. I love the possessive. You know, we've always got to remember we can be possessive he him his or they them theirs 
Oh, yeah. And do you know what? It's not as modern as you think. So I just want to put that in the room because I know sometimes we're referring to people like, oh, this person called up or this bloke called up last week or whatever. We don't know if they're a bloke, do we? We don't. So where possible, let's use neutrality. But uh, do you know what? Love your call. Thank you very much. And, you know, I'm really aware that when you call up here, you can get really nervous and get a bit flustered and, you know, those things might fall out of your brain, which is totally cool. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was a good moment for us to just go, ah, FYI, these are how, like, I would like us to engage with each other. Any objections to that? Well, we won't fucking listen to you. <laughs> oh, what are we all going to do for New Year's Eve this year? It's going to be shit, isn't it? Well, I hope that there Sam Smith isn't having a party because it's probably illegal, isn't it? I mean, people are still doing it, though, aren't they? Rita Ora, was that the one? Uh, to party in a restaurant. In which world? Hi, Scotty. Hi, everyone. This is producer Deb here, and I've got a confession to make. That was not that lovely caller's fault. That was my fault. I listened back to it and I cut out her reference to they, them. That's terrible. I think I'm going to get the sack. Anyway, it's been nice knowing you all. Thanks for all your lovely calls. And sorry about that. But look, I'm going to rewind it and you can hear what she actually said. Or they actually said. I might see you next week or I might not. Lots of love. Love and light. Bye. I mean, I had minimal interactions with him, but he was just as lovely as you can imagine. And just, oh, and ever since I've just been like, you know, I'm just like, yeah, Sam Smith. Sorry, them, them, they are. Hi, Scotty, it's me again. Just wanted to ask your general advice, really. You see, I'm supposed to be going for a date on Friday, but I've just received an email from my horoscope people. You know, not the most celestial communication, but it does the trick. Saying absolutely, by no means, do not go for a date on Friday because the stars just don't line up to be good for me that day. I was just wondering if you had any advice. Oh, hello, me again. I can't remember the last time you called, but let's just go with it. I also quite like your name is me again. So hello, me again. Now, controversial, I know, but stick with me. I don't think anybody could tell you if physical or emotional chemistry would work because Capricorn was rising up Uranus during Orion. Call me wild to say that actually it is a little bit ancient of us to be like, oh, classic Libra. It's like, no, actually, I just want to live in a fair society. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact I was born in late September. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, go on that date. And if that date doesn't work, then do you know what? The date just didn't work. It is nothing to do with your celestials. <laughs> you can get a tablet for that. <laughs> Listen, we're in a pandemic. Take joy where you can. Don't be listening to fucking Mystic Meg and Psychic Sally telling you this, that and the other, all right? Step away from the horoscopies and start living in the real world, please. There'll be complaints, I know, but, you know, I'm here. <laughs> it sort of makes me sound a bit like an anti-masker, anti-vaxxer, doesn't it? Like, 
Horoscopes don't exist. You're not a Virgo. <laughs> Hi, Scotty. I've just got a quick question. Like, why do you always just hear only common people saying, do you want anything from the shop? What about rich people? Why don't they ever just say, like, do you want anything from John Lewis? Because I feel like I could get some cool shit that way, but I don't know. Just wondering. <laughs> Well, it's a very quick answer for you, lovely human being. I think that was a Wenglish accent there. Um, so lo- lovely to have you in the room. The reason is, it's quite serious, is because posh people have never been to a shop off their own accord. They actually use a cardo. Bear with me. A cardo is a delivery service in which it will solely deliver you your middle class lifestyle. So unfortunately, they don't actually know what an inside of a shop looks like. Some of these posh people have never had a calippo. Can you imagine? So, I mean, you need to check your privilege there, okay? Because you actually know what the inside of a corner shop and a bag of Space Invaders looks like. Hi, Scotty. It's the man with the condensed milk voice. Now, I'm sending this in my bedroom, not my car. So I might sound much more like powdered milk this week as opposed to (laughs) condensed milk. I just want to say thanks for the response. Pretty much made up with my mum and we're back talking now and all that. It's made up with the mammy. Um, But I just thought what your points about its links to Irishness was interesting. And I think... And what got me thinking about it was the idea of shame and its place specifically in Irish culture and shame as a means of control. If you think of the Magdalene laundries, that was completely fucking, you know, driven by shame. Was that shame created by a religious institution to profit off it and the women who were shamed? Um, Shame can be so fucking insidious I guess and it can have so many layers we can have all the referenda we want but that little fucker is still in there waiting to pop out at the most unexpected moment maybe when you're having a row with your mum <laughs> I like to see it as pretty amazing about Ireland say in the last 20 years if you look at the the marriage equality referendum in 2015 it was a, a community effort and I remember somebody saying about it that Ireland was like a, a group of families everybody knew everybody and it is very like that and the people that had come out people my age 39 even, I know that's not that old, or people older than me, the fact that they came out and people knew that they worked with gay people, that gay people in their family, they gay cousins, they couldn't then vote against it really because they knew that they were just normal people, not just big rage and notorious homosexuals. But my point about it is the last even 30 years with the abuse inquiries and the position of the church, that idea of shame having such a strong hold maybe has slipped, but you don't get hundreds or thousands of years of control and repression and all that, it doesn't just go away in 10 or 15 years. Maybe if you think of the immigrants that have gone to the UK, Italians brought food or (laughs) fish and chips and, you know, Indian and people from the subcontinent bring amazing food too. And, well, you know, the paddies brought shame. (laughs) Maybe there is something to that, but it's definitely something that's insidious and we have to work against. And as Irish people, It's a heritage that we don't really like to talk about, but we need to because it can control us. 
Oh, it's lovely to have you back. And God, there's so much in there to unpack and unpick with you. I love this conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks. It means so much to me to be able to unpick it with you because it's a similar life experience that I've lived. And I know we have a big Irish fam that listen to the podcast as well. And the messages that I get through people after hearing this conversation, I mean wild. Anyway, let me just pick up on a few things. Paddies, what do they bring to the UK? <laughs> Shame. <laughs> I tell you what, though, fucking built the roads and the railways and the houses as well, to be fair. So, <laughs> so layered foundations, the foundations were shame. And then they built upon it. Uh, but also, I think shame's best friend and probably first cousin is guilt. Because with guilt in, for me, comes shame and they are just, oh, so toxic. And I think when you've got both of those things at play, I loved your referencing of control and how control, like, it's almost like there's this ecosystem of control, guilt and shame that are all just inhabiting this one space, feeding off each other. So when you were talking about the Magdalene laundries, now people who might not know about Irish culture or Catholicism is essentially when someone became pregnant and they were out of wedlock, as I believe they would say in the old days, having a bastard child, they were sent away, hidden, and sent to these laundries. I think my mum came pretty close to a sort of version of that. There was talk of when my mum fell pregnant with me that she would have to go back home. But then it was also the shame of like her going back home and what that would mean in our small community. And so the compromise was that my mother had to pretend to be married and to be partnered. And my mum used to have to wear a ring. And it's the ring that I wear on my finger to this day. And it's a ring that's got such a difficult history in my family that I wear it with real pride now because it's it's a real indicator of where I've come from and who I am. But what that did to my mother is uh, inconsolable, actually. I don't think you can get over that. I remember being a child and constantly being told by my grandmother and my mum telling me the story, not to harm me, but to make me understand the situation, was that my nan used to say that I was the cross that she had to bear in life. (laughs) Now, I can can laugh at that as an adult because it is such a Catholic picture, isn't it? Like her carrying the cross, so comparable to Jesus Christ, our (laughs) saviour. Because she had a grandchild out of wedlock. I mean, wild, but probably similar here of what you were talking about with your mother, like, making up. They can be like this, but they can absolutely love you and adore you at the same time. And it creates a very... There's no better word, and I hope it doesn't feel too ableist, but, like, a very schizophrenic response for me of just being like, you love me, but I am the cross you have to bear. Which, I mean, if there was ever a statement of the damage that Catholicism has done into my life, it's that. There was a tweet that went out this week by a very prominent Irish journalist that was to do with trans rights. And something which I kind of read and read and thought I'd respond to and I didn't want to, and then I did and then I deleted it, was essentially this person saying, what's going on in the UK is a trans debate and it doesn't happen back home. And I'm really glad that in Ireland that it's not happening. And I just thought, do you know what? 
there's so many times I've had this conversation with people back home, which is about Ireland's the best, Ireland's empathetic. And this message said Ireland's empathetic. We've also, there's been a very prominent queer community leader come out, I think, last year to say we're not afraid of the guards in this country. And I just kind of always want to remind people, like, you might not be afraid of the guards, but I tell you what, ask somebody else from a different experience. Like, ask a black Irish person if they're afraid of the guards, and I tell you what, that would be a very different answer. Ask me if I think Ireland's empathetic. And when I unpick for you the shame of like having to go home and pretend that I had a father and pretend that they were married, I don't feel it's this empathetic aisle that I think sometimes we can make it out to be. And I think that's really clumsy because when someone like me who's English sounding and has grown up here, it can sound like a critique and people make the assumption that it's sort of colonial thought. And so critiquing Irishness, I think, is really dangerous for me. But it's something that I think we probably need to invest in a wee bit more. Yes, we have had referenda that have meant that we can make huge strides to divorcing some sense of the faith and shame. But there is so much more work to do. Hi, Scotty. My name is Gender Clown. I am leaving this message from Rotterdam, the Netherlands. That makes me already a bit insecure about my Dutch accent, because Dutch accents are not cute. So um, I hope that that's not the reason that my previous message didn't make it through the selection of the After the Tone show. I'm wondering what the reason is. And it's gotten to this point that my sister is giving me feedback on how to get into your show. So she's telling me that I should tell you that I'm fat, that I'm queer, that I'm working class, that I'm non-binary, that I'm a mental. Well, there you go. There's the whole checklist. And my sister says that that will make me get to the show. And I don't want to get to the show because I want my minutes of fame but I really want to make it to the show because I am a mental and that makes it really hard for me to connect to stuff if I'm not reassured. So I really need your reassurance because I, I just really want to, yeah, I'm too desperate. This is too desperate and now people will not let me into the club because I'm too desperate for it. And that's when people get bullied and stuff, right? I hope you can see me and, and, and send me some reassurance. Because um, I have a tiny bit of a borderline crush on you too. That's not really significant. It's a borderline crush. But still, please love me. And no matter what, I'll always love you back. Oh, hello, lovely gender clown person. What a lovely message. Now, borderline... I only do full-blown crushes, please. Don't be coming in here telling me that you've got a little crush. I want big crushes or none at all. (laughs) Now, you raise a really interesting question, and it is something that people send me messages about all the time. And I think this is really helpful. This answer is going to be an answer for the room and not just for you, you lovely person. On this show, we only ever feature about 12 to 15 calls a week. We get between about 30 to 50 calls a week. We couldn't ever put all of those together to make 
this show which would be snappy enough that you'd listen to it that people wouldn't get bored that wouldn't be four hours long so just know that actually some of these things are sort of curatorial one week you might not get in and you might think that's a really interesting story but the next week you might think that's really dull and you know like you've said here like I don't want to have to say these things to get on this podcast but the conversation that you're bringing is about who has access which for us is really important to have that conversation hopefully you'll start to see the shape every week is that we like to start off with a couple of light things get a bit more meatier and then finish on a high because you know there is a shape to these things I know it sounds seamless but Debbie sits there every week in week out and works out a lovely shape for us all to feel safe and secure in what we do so I hope that gives people a little bit more understanding all of your messages are listened to. It's literally just like, what do we have space for? Maybe somebody else has repeated something that you've said this week. Maybe the message also as well, we get lots of calls where some of them sound really muffled and like other people might not be able to hear. Let me talk to you directly. Do not say that accent isn't cute. I think that accent's very cute. One of my favourite people of all time, showbiz friend, Sophie Hagen, uh, I love their accent. And uh, all accents are welcome in this space, which is a conversation for another time. But, you know, particularly as somebody who doesn't sound like, where they're a citizen from and all of that stuff, all of the different sounds are welcome here. As a mental, I understand that need to feel like you're part of the gang. But do you know what? You are part of the gang. And so thank you so much for being honest and open. And I think that's what we're looking for here. We're not looking for people to try and be something that they're not. We're just looking for people to ask genuine questions and say genuine things that help us all understand what this shit show of life is all about. I hope you call again. And I tell you what, we will listen out for your call. And if it works, it works, sweet pea. All right, babes, speak to you soon. Hiya, Scotty love. It's that JRF here. Hiya. Hiya, listeners. Hiya, producer Debbie. Hiya, the carer. Now, just to start, a few notes of business to start with. I wasn't stealing the carer's sign-off. That was my way of saying it to them. So, yes, I wasn't trying to pinch anybody's catchphrases. Also, I was being silly. I wasn't really in a boy band. I wasn't really. I was just being silly because the carer was saying I sounded like I was because of my initials. I sounded like I was in a boy band, but I wasn't. Um, I was just being a silly goose. Anyway, um, oh, lovely Toby crying while he's making food. And and lovely Jamie. Are you lovely Jamie? Um, you going to that there Manchester and getting a Mancunian accent? That reminds me of a lovely story from the past. I had a friend, Becky, who was part Chinese. And she went to that there China. She toured around China seeing her Chinese part of the family to improve on her Mandarin. And while she was there, she was teaching children to speak the old anglaise the old english and she taught a few kids that were playing uh, near the house the word for stone and she could hear them sort of talking da, 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 da. and every so often they just go stone stone <laughs> so there's a little part of china where they've got mancunian accent when it comes to rocks
There you go. Stone. Anyway, that James, uh, him indoors, him having a problem with Shy. I've seen his pictures of his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Any road. That's it, really. You get in a Mancunian accent and um, you'll be able to drink all the UHT milk cocktails up in that there, Manchester. Anyway, may your home be always a happy one, Scotty with your move to that there Manchesterford. Love and light, God bless. All right, love you, bye-bye. Bye. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. You know what? I know I give her a little bit of grief, but we love the JRF. We love the JRF. And also has been misnamed a few times. So I just thought we'd, we should clear this up. J-R-F. F. It's an abbreviation of their past dead name. And so this is the name J-R-F, everybody. Um, now, I've mentioned the word Manchester food and so has J-R-F. And I thought we should just clear up. The place that I'm living isn't called Manchester food. It's a reference from a comedy programme by that there person called Victoria Wood. R.I.P. Very much miss the Victoria Woods. Oh, Victoria Wood. Gone of the days. And we are halfway there. What a gorgeous show. I'm really enjoying this week, actually. Got me on my toes. I just thought I'd let you know that this week, you know, with all the Spotify wrapped up year, you know, everyone on the internet going, oh, look, I listened to Lady Gaga for 45 hours. I mean, why would you bother? Um, controversial, I know. Controversial, I know. But loads of you have After the Tone as your top listened podcast. Gold star to you, actually. So there you go. You can all put that on. But Spotify sent us a little email to say that we are in the top 50 arts podcasts of the year, which is just, considering we started in September, is just fantastic, gorgy, gorgy, gorgy. Thank you so much. And it turns out you're listening from 23 countries, which just is wild beyond our beliefs. So thank you so much from Debbie and me. Please continue to press that follow button or the subscribe button. We'd love it if you give us a review or a little share. And um, feel free to join the conversation, hashtag after the tone POD. If you don't want to leave a message or your message doesn't get through, you know, like we spoke about earlier, give us a little chat on the interwebs. You can find me at Scotty is fat. So yes, I, you know, just going back to that 23 countries, Mad. A gorgeous, actually. So, if you are calling from one of those countries, we'd love to hear from you, wherever they might be, however far or however near. You know what to do. Open up WhatsApp. Send a voice note to this number. 0788 200 3420. Right, let's get back on with the show. Hi, Scotty. Long-time listener, second-time caller, but I won't hold it against you. The fact that you didn't publish my last one, it wasn't very exciting. Um, I'm sitting in my very rainy flat in Edinburgh. Arena's outside the flat, thank goodness. <laughs> and I was just putting my washing away, and I was reminded that you wanted to hear about our thoughts on Marie Kondo, or condoing your, your belongings. I did it two years ago, I think. I don't do any of the stuff anymore, any of the like the folding apart from I still religiously fold up my pants when I'm putting them away in my drawer. So I have like two little lines of pants and I can pick 
whatever pants I want to wear every day, which is usually just the ones at the front because I'm not the kind of person that matches their pants to their bra. But um, (laughs) I thought you might find that interesting that that was the one thing that had caught on. Love you and love your podcast. Thanks, bye. Hi, Gorgie. (laughs) Second complaint there. Look at that. Where was my phone call? (laughs) I love that. I do love it. But, you know, I've given a very long-winded explanation. I don't need to go over it anymore. Now, a very early adopter of the condoing, of folding the pants and having conversations with them. I don't... I don't know. Do you know what? I think it just takes a lot of effort to keep it up. It sort of feels like, you know, at the start of school term where you go in with a nice, neat pencil case and new pencils and by the end of term, it's just, like, full of, like, chewing gum, somebody else's rubber, one pencil and loads of pencil sharpenings because you just couldn't be bothered to go to the bin. It sort of feels a bit like that where I'm just like... Why does this have to be another thing that I have to remember how to do in life? So I'm glad that you've given it up. Well, not given it up, but just like it's fallen by the wayside because it makes me feel like a normal human being. Particularly with the mismatchiness. I know some people that would drive them wild, but actually quite a big fan. I know one person called Johnny who only ever wears odd socks. It's become a sort of trademark, which I think I'm all for. You know, let's break sartorial rules why not because you know what we're only here for a short time and we might as well make it a good time (laughs) live laugh love huns live laugh love hiya scotty it's nick here so i'm calling you uh because i've just listened to your last podcast and i'm sat on a sainsbury's car park just been to little got a frozen jacket potato in the boot defrosting so i should probably make this quick because i don't want to end up with soggy tatties um two things really first one is that yes i've marie condoed my life so i moved house in the middle of lockdown because that was a sensible thing to do hottest day of the year i was sweating so i stood in my old bedroom and held a hollister t-shirt that i could no longer get into because i become a fatty and threw it away and it was therapeutic we did eight trips to the tip bootfuls of things and yeah i threw away shoe boxes of receipts and cinema tickets that for some reason, when I was 15, I thought it would be life-affirming, like you say. So I advise to do it, because you don't need that crap in your life. And the second thing is, when I was holding that Hollister t-shirt, and I was going, oh, I'm a bit chunky. I really struggle as a gay man. The gays love a box. We love our, you know, jocks and otters and bears. But I'm not really a bear build. I'm not really your cub build or your chubby build. I'm not your jock. I, I hate sports. But... I'm not not any of them boxes. I like my camp knowledge, but I'm, you know, I wouldn't go down to the RVT and be able to bust out every move in the world. I just don't fit in a gay box. I feel like I'm too straight to be gay and too gay to be straight. And um, it's hard because you go, oh, the gay community, there's someone for everybody. There's, I, I mean, I'm in a relationship, I'm engaged, I've got a lovely, a lovely fella. But um, you go, oh, there's a, there's a box for everybody. But there just, there isn't a box for everyone. Like, if I was to do adult entertainment, I don't know what they'd label it. But yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? These little boxes we put ourselves in. And even in our community, sometimes it feels a little bit limiting. Anyway, I'll leave you on that philosophical thought. Much love. Absolutely love the podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Lovely. Sexy sounding Nick, I think we'll all agree. Love that accent. Well done. I hope it's your own. And do you know what? More than happy to have a go on your sweaty spuds. <laughs> 
fucking hell, I'm such a floozy, I'll throw myself at anyone. Now, let's just pick up on this thing about the Mary Kondoing. When I was carrying up 20 boxes up six flights of stairs on Saturday, I thought to myself, I don't ever want to buy anything ever again. <laughs> there was at one point where I thought, I'm going to have a fucking heart attack here. This is how a fat person dies, moving home. <laughs> so there's that. But, but I did get rid of a lot. I tell you what, I sold a lot of things. Oh, I tell you what, sell your shit. People love buying your shit. I mean, not just my shit, but any shit. Like, I had things there which I thought someone about 10 years ago gave me, like, an Orla Kylie candle and it came in a bag. 20 quid for the bag. I mean, people. So, don't just throw it down in the tip. Get it on the Ebays. Get it on the Depops. Make yourself a little chunky bit of money. Now, coming on to your body, the fact that you've thrown away a Hollister T-shirt not only says brilliant that you're embracing dad bod but also brilliant that you're getting rid of fucking hollister you hideous wench what the fuck did you ever think that that was what you wanted to look like for replication of weird like (laughs) look at me i'm really going into this weird like not surfy jock university (gasps) usa get rid of it it's all bollocks. It's all shit. Do you know what I mean? The whole thing's shit. Now, I, I really love the way in which you're like, well, I don't know in which adult category they put me in. Let's just pick up on that. Look, when you say you're too straight to be gay or too gay to be straight, like, you're still putting yourself in a box there, aren't you? You're still saying, oh, I'm quite het or I'm gay but not gay enough. I, I do understand that, you know, not being the right shape of gay. Believe me, I understand that. But do you know what? That can torment you for the rest of your life. Just be the Nelly that you are and whatever the things that you like are the things that you like, babes. Do you know what I mean? You're married. You've got supposedly a lovely partner, supposedly a happy life. I think it's disgusting because it sounds a bit monogamous for my liking. (laughs) And that's purely coming from a space of thinking that you sound very sexy. So from one fan to another, Nick, lovely human being here. Do you know what, babes? Don't fucking worry about it. Belly is always a bit of a gorge one for me. People out there love a belly. Believe me, I've done extensive market research. You be the queen that you need to be, all right? And if that queen isn't a queen, then so fucking be it. That silence is me wafting my hands around like a drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) If only this was a vodcast. Actually, no, don't, because I'm just wearing my pants. Hello, Scotty. The carer here. Isn't it amazing what 24 little hours can do? One comes out the other side. Um, Sorry about last week. Um, Let's just call it technical difficulties with the mind. But enjoyed the show even more. It brought a lot of humour into me and made me giggle and reminded me that, as JRS says, I've got to remember to look into the light a little bit more. And um, my sense of humour's bopped back. And that's what that podcast did for me last week. And it reminded me of my own stupid popper stories. I've got top three popper stories, or emerald nitrate, as they're professionally called back in the day. I got introduced to it through Acid House. So by the time I sort of come out and was using it for bum sex, I couldn't quite switch off the rave element of it. So my three top favourite popper stories was this, which women called Rosie the Rave Granny. 
she's got quite a celebrity, but I remember meeting her back in the early 90s. She used to wear a hoover tube around her neck and stuff down inside the hoover tube was a load of cotton wool and she'd just pour poppers on it and you'd sniff the hoover tube and swing around. Story number two was Popper's Bear. We had a bear, I think we tried to smuggle the drugs inside the bear over a bottle of poppers as well. The bottle of poppers broke, so we get all the drugs out, but then we ended up just sniffing the bear all day, all night. Um, that was hilarious, past the poppers bear. And then there was poppers at the fair. Oh, that was a fun day. Poppers on Clapham Common Fair, every ride you can imagine, on a bottle of poppers. Cool, we had some popper burns. And then the other one that made me real off, I suddenly remembered an old boy band we were going to create. Three of our sisters back in the turn of the century. We were going to call Viral Load and we were going to do cover songs. Your face needs filler, filler now. Nothing's going to stop it from the filler, filler. Um, and then the hit, the number one hit, which I thought we'd take us to the Eurovision Song Contest was don't you wish your boyfriend had hiv don't you wish your boyfriend had aids like me don't you don't you yeah that was our boy band funny we never got it together and typical barmaid stirring the shit if jrs wants to use my outline inline everything's been prajalized before darling nothing's original is it and um, I'd speak to the landlady, Debbie, because she's that's basically what you are now, you're a barmaid. And Debbie's the landlady, really. She's she's pulling the strings. Um, yeah, girl, you're feeling better. Lots of love to everyone. Oh, and the Scottish boy were called in Nail on the Head. Loved all that. Real nail on the head about that fucking trauma going on. And your response uh, about our black and brown brothers and sisters, totally nail on the head, because there was always that thing, I can hide my shit which I really did, you know, um, assimilate, fit in. And you're right, you step outside the door and ain't no hiding the colour of your skin. So, um, stay strong, stay true, and most importantly, stay amazing you. Love and light. (laughs) (laughs) The shade, the absolute shade, love and light. We're all stealing each other's catchphrases now. Always gorgeous to have the carer in. Do you know what I mean? Always gorgeous. Now, uh, (laughs) viral load. (laughs) Oh, God. I used to love getting off me nut and making up band names. It used to be my absolute favourite thing. When you were talking about Popper's experiences, oh, God, it just really brought back all of those, like, heady days. Heady druggy days when um poppers fags this is where you dip the end of a fag in poppers and then you just would puff on (laughs) so you were having a fag that was highly flammable but you also got that lovely hit of poppers as well absolutely ridiculous behaviour. I mean, that's what happened in the early noughties when we were allowed in nightclubs and such things were available to us. Poppers. I do have quite a fab popper story, actually. (laughs) A partner of mine, an Irish partner, an ex-partner of mine, (laughs) wanted some poppers and was over the way, away from my place. And so wanted to, you know, get some poppers to indulge. And um, the only ones available to this proudly Irish boy was poppers that... (laughs) 
that were branded English poppers with the St. George's flag. <laughs> well, I was rolling around the floor because you could just see. <laughs> like, I want, but I hate. <laughs> you two have got any popper stories, feel free to call up. Hi, Scotty. Providenza reporting from Los Angeles. I really feel like I've bungled my responsibilities to After the Tone and really haven't solidified myself as a regular. Anyway, my uh, shame aside, I thought I'd call because, you know, in about a week it will mark a year since I've seen my family um, because they live in Chicago and like I said, I live in Los Angeles. And, you know, since Americans are being terrible at the pandemic, but who knows? I'll probably never see my family again. And I'm particularly missing my mom. I just, like, love her so much. And I almost feel like I could get weepy talking about her right now. So I thought I'd share a fun story um, about her. Her name's Mariangela, Maria for short. When I was growing up, my mom told me that when there was a full moon, she turned into a werewolf. And not only did she say that, she actually fully would start to act it out. Me as a child didn't know if it was a full moon or not because she did it multiple times a week. And I just believe there was a lot of full moons. And she would uh, start transforming at home and she'd be like, Enza, it's my nickname, you need to get upstairs. It's happening, it's happening. And she would contort her body and terrify me and I would run upstairs and I'd never come back down. And I felt like I had um, a very dirty secret of having a mother who was um, a werewolf and she continued to do it, continued to do it, full transformations, honestly, like deserved an Oscar. And then this bitch has the audacity to ask me in my adult life why I decided to become an actor, a performer, a writer when this bitch was doing like performance art in our home. Ugh. I love her. I love her and I miss her. And I just thought I'd tell you about her. Uh, Scotty, um, see ya. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. <laughs> Providenza. Oh, do you know what? No guilt or shame for having a life outside of this podcast. <laughs> just because I don't, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't either. Yeah, you know what? We're all regulars. And, you know, if people want to dip in and out, you're more than welcome to. Anyway, you're always a gorgeous call and you always give us some things to think about. What a brilliant upbringing to <laughs> to have a mum who was so dedicated to A, freaking you out, but also being like, <laughs> giving you material. <laughs> so exciting to have a parent like that. When I was leaving Southend, I went to walk to my mum's and I was watching this person I'd assume was dad of this child and they were like dancing down the road and you could just tell that the child was so enamoured by it and dad didn't give a shit what anybody thought and I just thought oh that's lovely isn't it that's a bit of all right isn't it bless quite attracted to a young dad actually (laughs) now you mentioned the moon there 
Now, something I learned through a radio documentary this week was about the moon and the mythology around werewolves actually being about our relationship with our mental health. Um, Because it was thought back in the ye olden times that us mentals who are listening were controlled or our moods switched by the moons. Hence why we were often called lunatics. Look at that! I was like, well, I mean, this might not be news to anybody, but I was like, well, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely to know that, oh, actually, it's getting a bit horoscopy, like the other call. No, we'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it for another week of After the Tome. What a gorgeous bunch of absolute weirdos you've all been this week. There's a real spring in my step. So thank you so much for that. I hope you've enjoyed yourself too. Remember, we always love having a little chat with you. So do pop up on the interwebs, hashtag after the tone pod and you can find me on all the different social medias at scotty is fat we would love to hear from you so if you feel like you are ready to open up that whatsapp and send us a voice note please do remember on the 24th we are doing christmas gone wrong so if you've ever had mishaps with a turkey stuffing or you've witnessed your nan dying at the dinner table or perhaps you've shut yourself around the season (laughs) the holiday season you know we love a shit story pick up the blower and give us a little voice note to this number zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero As ever, if you can give us a review, a follow or a subscribe, we would be absolutely grateful. And um, until next time, look after yourselves, each other, be true, be you, any road, anyhow, love and light. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.